keep in step with the Spirit is someone who walks in the moral life laid down by the Spirit, following His path, abiding by His rule, walking in His steps. See, we cannot affect our own spiritual transformation. The Spirit gives us life. The Spirit gives us the rule. We are called to follow His steps after Him. This means paying attention to the conscience as the Spirit works to convict you of sin. Today on the Songtime broadcast, we continue our study here in Galatians. This message from Kevin DeYoung takes us to the latter half of Galatians chapter 5, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. We'll break down what it truly means to walk in the Spirit so that we can walk in a manner that is worthy of the gospel by which we've been called. But first, we'll be joined by Todd Nettleton from Voice of the Martyrs as he helps us be informed of what's happening around the world with the persecuted church. The many voices are coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. Last weekend, we heard from our good friend Todd Nettleton from Voice of the Martyrs. It's a ministry that helps us stay informed about how to better pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering in chains around the world for the sake of the gospel. The persecution that is taking place right now in the world is greater than even the times of Nero. We look back at those those periods as really dark ages for the church, but there is more persecution taking place now than even in the early church. This is a serious issue and one of great concern. Now, there's been much more to this conversation that Todd and I have been able to have, and you can hear all of that by heading over to our website at songtime.com as we give you some insight of what's happening in Mozambique, what's happening in Iran, Afghanistan, as well as uh, China. There's so many ways in which we need to be informed, also to be encouraged to pray for our brothers and sisters. That's the primary ministry of Voice of the Martyrs, to inform us so that we can pray for them. And coming up on November 6th is an International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. We will be joining with many churches all across New England, the Northeast, America, and around the world, including churches in Iran, as well as China, and even in Mozambique, who will be joining us for this International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Uh, I want to make you aware of that so you can let your pastor know, your church leaders, as well as your missions committee, so that they can bring this in front of your church on November 6th, the first Sunday in November. But here to explain that to us, we're joined once again by Todd Nettleton from Voice of the Martyrs. Todd, explain to us a little bit about this opportunity that we have to pray with Christians all over this world. Well, we mentioned earlier, the the first thing that persecuted Christians ask us to do is pray for them. Uh, And so the International Day of Prayer for Persecuted Christians is a direct response to their first request. It's what they want us to do. And as you say, it's coming up November 6th. We have resources at persecution.com. We've got a new video this year. It actually focuses on a Christian in northern Nigeria. Uh, We have some church bulletin inserts. We have some slides that you can pull and have specific prayer requests. Uh, But the goal is simply to equip churches or families or Bible study groups to be able to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. And, you know, maybe you look at your church calendar and November 6th is already scheduled. Okay, fine. Pick the 13th, uh, pick the 20th, pick the last Sunday in October. But the key is pick a day when you're going to specifically pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters, which again is the number one thing they ask us to do. Uh, And that is a part of our fellowship within the body of Christ is to pray for each other and to lift each other up. Our brothers and sisters are suffering. 
they ask us to pray. And so International Day of Prayer for Persecuted Christians is a great a great day to respond to their request. Hmm. And there's so many resources, as you mentioned, uh, on your website, but also what we've been talking about in this at this time we've had together, reminding people of, of all these different countries as well. Uh, something I'd like to say, and you've said this as well, when you're watching the news, and you see all these stories, uh, they're a reminder that there are Christians that are in those countries as well that, that are asking for our prayer. And if people want to know how to pray, all they got to do is go over to the website, persecution.com. They, they will have all of those resources that will you can actually look up different countries that will tell you how to pray for them and give them updates. Yeah, we will. And in fact, we have a printed uh, global prayer guide that lists out all the countries where Christians are persecuted. It lists kind of who the persecutor is. Why, why are they persecuting? How hard is it to get a Bible in that particular country? What is it like to be a Christian there? And it is a prayer guide. It's printed and it's another thing that's free. So if you want one of those, you can come to persecution.com, request your copy of the global prayer guide. Put it beside your Bible, put it wherever you sit for your devotional time, and just make it, hey, every day I'm going to pick a country. I'm going to pray for for Christians in that country. Uh, we want to provide as many tools as possible to help people pray knowledgeably, help them pray effectively for our brothers and sisters in hostile and restricted nations. Mm. And this is something that every church needs at least one person, hopefully a team of people, but uh, everyone, every church needs at least one person who's holding in front of the congregation the reminder to pray for the persecuted church. There are so many things to pray for within our culture today, and there's so many things that even on a Sunday morning as a pastor, I'm trying to think, how, how do I make sure I cover all of my bases? It's important for us to remember, and uh, maybe one of our listeners is that, that one person who's going to make sure that everyone in the church is aware of what's happening and keeps that reminder to pray for our brothers and sisters who are suffering in chains. Uh, Todd, if people want to f- sign up for your f- free magazine, if people want to find out more information about your radio broadcast, your podcast, and get information about uh, the, the various countries that we've talked about and more, uh, they can head over to your website. Why don't you tell them how to find out all of that information? Persecution.com is the main voice of the Martyrs website, persecution.com. And if you want to find out more information about the ministry of Voice of the Martyrs and what we're trying to do here in New England and the Northeast to rally churches behind what is happening globally, uh, please give us a call as well. It's 508-362-7070. Todd, once again, it's always a privilege to have you on the broadcast. Thank you for sharing with us what's happening around the globe and for keeping us informed and held accountable to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, it is my pleasure. Like I said, I always look forward to conversations with you, so uh, thank you for having me. November 6th is the International Day of Prayer. We heard from Todd Nettleton as he explained to us, inviting us to be a part of this remarkable opportunity. Join with the many voices as we pray for the persecuted church. Coming up November 6th, let your pastor know, your church leadership, your missions committee, let your friends know so that we can join together in praying for the persecuted church all across this world. And again, if you want to find out more information, you can give us a call, 508 362 or head over to our website at songtime.com. And if you're looking for some information about how to pray, there's been much more in this conversation. You can actually watch that on our YouTube page. Again, head over to our website at songtime.com. Well, today we continue our study here in the book of Galatians. And this week, we're looking at the latter half of Galatians chapter 5. 
We've been building up to this point as we've been talking about what it truly means to live by faith in the Son of God. That is Paul's argument in Galatians 2.20. The, the, the life that I currently live in the flesh, that what we are doing, we're struggling, the turmoil we have in our, our hearts and our lives is a life that is lived in the flesh. We do so by faith in the Son of God. And chapters 3 and 4 are all about how to live by faith, how to live by that promise, how to live in the Spirit. And then at the beginning of chapter 5, we talk about how to stand firm so that we won't fall, especially to the clever attacks from people within the church, people who are trying to distort the gospel. And today we look at what it truly means to walk in the Spirit. This is the same kind of mindset. It's been building up to this point. Before we can walk, we must first stand. And before we can stand, we must first be made alive. We must live. Live, stand, walk. Here is uh, Kevin DeYoung with a closer look at the second half of Galatians chapter 5 as he breaks down all of these components of walking in the Spirit. There are four different verbs describing what we do in, with, and by the Spirit. And they all are getting at the same big idea, but I think there's some nuance. So look up at verse 16. Verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, peripateo. Verse 18 then says, if you are led by the Spirit, different verb, ago, it's a Greek word, not our English word, ago. Then verse 26, or verse 25 rather, if we live, zao, by the Spirit, let us keep in step, stoikeo, with the Spirit. Four different verbs, peripateo, ago, zao, stoikeo. All four expressions speak to being controlled by the Spirit, under the influence and the sway of the Spirit. So we don't want to make too much of the verbs. When you write, you, you use different verbs and expressions, and sometimes you mean very much the same thing. But here, I think there are some nuances. Just look, for example, at verse 16. There, the language is active, walk by the Spirit. Whereas in verse 18, it says, if you are led by the Spirit. That suggests something passive, that we are both active and passive in our relationship with the Spirit. The Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. Do you see the context here? It's talking about putting to death the deeds of the flesh and growing in the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, this is not how we often use the word. Sometimes, oh, so-and-so is really led by the Spirit. What do we mean? Well, she's spontaneous, or um, he doesn't show up to things on time, so he must be led by the Spirit. Or there's a certain expressiveness in, in worship. But th those are all non-signs. That's not what this means. To be led by the Spirit here is to be subject to the Spirit's proddings and promptings towards sanctification. To be led by the Spirit doesn't mean, well, I'm going to know who I should marry and where I should live and what I should major in. God's going to tell me those things by the Spirit. But rather, to be led by the Spirit and feel His pressure do you ever feel the, the, the pressure of the Spirit upon your life, upon your will, telling you not to do what is wrong and to do what is right? So passively we're led by the Spirit, his, his, his work upon us, and then actively we walk. And then there's a contrast in verse 25 between the indicative, those are statements of fact, statements that indicate something that is, and then imperatives, commands what we ought to be. So the indicative, if we live by the Spirit, is followed by the imperative, then keep in step with the Spirit. 
To be a Christian is, as a matter of fact, one who is made alive by the Spirit of God. We have life in the Spirit. That is a fact. You're a Christian. You have life in the Spirit. Therefore, keep in step with the Spirit. Stoicheo. It's the same Greek word used later in chapter 6, verse 16. And as for all who walk by this rule, so you can translate it as walk, but it's actually a different word than the word translated for walk up in chapter 5, verse 16. That was peripateo. This is stoicheo. They mean roughly the same thing, but again, there's a different nuance. Stoicheo is the word used to be not just walking with someone, but following in footsteps, to be lined up. You get the sense for it in chapter 6, 16. All who walk by this rule. Stoicheo is to be lined up according to this plan and purpose. To keep in step with the Spirit, chapter 5, verse 25. Again, that's not someone who's really attuned to subjective nudges and impressions. But to keep in step with the Spirit is someone who walks in the moral life laid down by the Spirit, following His path, abiding by His rule, walking in His steps. See, we cannot affect our own spiritual transformation. The Spirit gives us life. The Spirit gives us the rule. We are called to follow His steps after Him. This means paying attention to the conscience as the Spirit works to convict you of sin. It means that we pay attention to the Word as the Spirit speaks to us in the Word, what is true and what is right. It means that we pay attention to our relationships. Isn't it interesting, verse 26, it ends this section on the fruit of the Spirit with a, another exhortation, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. We've already noticed that the majority of the works of the flesh, what was it, eight of the 15, have to do with relational sins enmity, rivalry, strife, jealousy. The place in which you are most likely to sin in the body of Christ is in relationships with other people. And so verse 26 rounds out and say, you want to know what it looks like to keep in step with the Spirit? You have to pay attention to how you interact with other people, that you're not conceited. You're, you're not needling people. You're not envying one another. The way of the Spirit is not libertine, meaning just do whatever you want. We've already seen that. No, you don't do what you want sometimes. It's not libertinism. Neither is it a new legal prescription. But it is a new way of life. And it is a new way of life within reach for the Christian. Not perfectly, of course. But victory is possible because the Spirit, the Spirit is a bridle on sin. Calvin says, God's Spirit so forms the hearts of the godly for holy affections that the flesh and its lusts do not prevail, but being subdued and put as it were under a yoke, they are checked and restrained. Do you know this about yourself, Christian? You have a new nature, a new principle at work within you, a new power at work to transform you. Yes, there's a fight. Yes, there's a struggle. Yes, there's a war. But doesn't it make a difference if you go into the battle knowing that you will be victorious, that the spirit is there you know, rubbing your shoulders there as you get back out into the ring and he's going to see to it that you have the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, we pray that you would transform us from one degree of glory to the next. Father, together with your Son, send your Spirit to be at work in our world, in our church, in our hearts, that we may know you and be more like you. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
As we look at the second half of Galatians chapter 5, we are reminded here of the fruit of the Spirit, which is a great comfort to us, knowing that this is the work of Christ. How can you bear fruit? What are the, the practical things that you can do to bear fruit for the kingdom of God? The first and most important thing is to cling to the tree to cling to the vine. As it says, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you want to bear fruit, you have to abide in Christ. That's exactly what it's saying here as Paul is writing to the church, to the churches in Galatia, reminding them to cling to Christ. The life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The encouragement then is to cling to the hope of the gospel, to remind ourselves daily of the gospel message that Christ loved us, he died for us, he was buried and rose again from the dead and lives today contending for us. He is our advocate, he is our righteousness, and we are made joint heirs with Christ. We need to attack all of the the works of the flesh, all of the evil in this world, the, the actions of the flesh, Flesh, to the living in the flesh with the truth of the gospel. Cling to the vine. That is how we bear fruit. But we're also called here to walk in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. That's part, actually, the name of our publication that we send out each month, Worthy of the Gospel. This is what it means. As Paul writes in Ephesians and Colossians, he writes here that there is a manner in which we walk that is a reflection of the gospel, but also reinforces that gospel in our lives. We need to preach the gospel to ourselves. We need to remind ourselves of the gospel. But we also need a community of believers, as we'll see in chapter 6, that will help us to bear one another's burdens, all fulfilling the law of love, the law of Christ, the the law that is in contrast to the law of the flesh, the law of of works and, and our own righteousness. This is the law of Christ, which moves us and motivates us to live for him. I hope that this encourages you, and I hope that the reminder that what our ministry is based on in proclaiming the gospel inspires you to fulfill that in your own life, to really preach the gospel to yourself, and to surround yourself with people and ministries that will do the same. If we have been a blessing in your life, could I encourage you to be a blessing in return? You can write to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or you can give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com, or you can look us up on social media. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Galatians 1, 3-5. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.